Yeah, it is quite sunny, actually, Ben. And it's always lovely to be here. It's uh, one of the highlights of the week, sharing the uh, up-to-date topical news with your good self. What's been steadily um, growing over uh, lockdown um, has been uh, the successful uh, successful takeover of all recognised media channels by a certain element of society. Um, I don't know what you'd call it, really, the sort of extreme left-wing Marxist, uh, woke, overly political correct society, whatever they are, which is now um, extended into Black Lives Matter, like White Lives Don't Matter, or Pink Lives Don't Matter, or Cats Lives Don't Matter. I mean, all lives matter. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's it, one of the things I find very uh, amusing is it's inherently racist in itself. Uh, and of course, you know, if we talk about slavery, um, you know, slavery is not uh, exclusive to black people and in fact many black people were the biggest perpetrators of, of slavery in the first place so I mean I think um, I said to my parents yesterday um, and this was a bit of an extreme thing to say but I said uh, it's almost like we're heading towards civil war uh, and that's probably not going to happen in the sense that you normally uh, understand by a civil war but one of the things which history tells us, you know, going going back to um, the point about what happens when there's a lack of direction, if there's a lack of direction, I mean, if you put a, a bunch of naughty schoolboys together who, who who wish to misbehave and you take away any discipline, then they will clearly misbehave, won't they? You know, it's uh, it's not you don't have to be a rocket scientist to work that one out. So we've got a we've got a situation where you've got. I mean, what, what, what's always very interesting is uh, if you have a small group of uh, I don't know, intelligence, probably the wrong word. If you have a small group of committed uh, activists who know how to play the game, they will be able to make a much greater seeming impact than the majority of law abiding people like you and me and my parents and your parents and you know, Middle England, let's call them that. And so what happens is you end up being outflanked because, uh, and then of course, you know, given now, um, in my opinion, BBC and Sky News have now lost any claim to be in any way fair and balanced. Uh, I mean, they've just, it's almost like they've given up to pretending to be fair and balanced. Now you're getting... Um, you know, someone like Kay Burley, who you could argue was the flagship presenter on Sky News, basically suggesting that Winston Churchill should have his, definitely have a statue pulled down because he was a racist and then misquoting him about something he said about the Germans, for instance, you know. Um, and to me, you know, this is this is almost like to me it's almost like treason. Now, this is this is this is so serious I mean, I, I feel so strongly about it. I, I, I wouldn't want to live in a country that felt like that. And what terrifies me is, you know, you and I have discussed this on previous episodes about the world um, dividing up into Democrats, Republicans, Brexiteers, non-Black Brexiteers, uh, Marxists, capitalists. Uh, and, now, and now you've got uh, an attempt uh, by, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter and its, and its cohorts to basically say that unless you agree with them, you're a racist. Mm. Uh, any, anything other than totally agreeing with them is is racist, which of course is racist in itself. So I think you know we we um, we're living in 
as a, a very positive, probably the most impossibly depressing scenario that one could possibly imagine. When you consider, if you were thinking about a word at the moment that you'd want people to have, it would be hope, wouldn't it? Yes, it would be, yes. Yeah, and, and instead of that, we've got strife and anarchy and discord, you know? Um, no, it's just, I, 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 don't know, I don't know where to go. I think I think what will happen is um, when, 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 um, you know, when the government fails to take leadership and direction, then people will take matters into their own hands. Uh, and I do, as I said in our group meeting earlier before the live stream today, is I wouldn't be at all surprised to see the re-emergence of Nigel Farage in some way as some strong, independent, sort of pro pro our country leader, you know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very interesting um, situation. We all have our debates with our family members and our friends about, you know, where we are. And I can come on here and quite honestly say that I've not got a racist bone in my body of many uh, friends of, of, of different colour and, and creed. And, and I am completely, as most people would be in, in the middle here, wanting to protect you know, black lives, protect um, uh, people of all colour, white people from this country that have obviously not had the best start in life or live in areas of poverty um, uh, and, and don't have the best chances in life. And I think we, it's so simple to say we all need to come together. And, and most people in this country will be somewhere in the middle where we say, well, yeah, of course, that matters. And this matters and that matters. But we do seem to be in a position where so many media outlets uh, are seeing this as an opportunity to to put some extremist left-wing views out, which then, of course, brings in the extreme, as they call it now, whatever that means, right-wing um, views. And we get to situations like we did um, at the weekend. And, and the whole thing around the Churchill statue was, was obviously going to rile so many people, like you and I, who believe in uh, the history and, and, and perhaps what had happened. And some of the things, as you mentioned, Paul, that were being dragged up by some of the media, uh, not only inaccurate, but certainly um, there has to be some, um, you know, these media companies have to have some accountability. And we've mentioned that quite a few times on the um, on the show. Um, the likes of the, the BBC sparked a, a big row with one of the articles that they put out um, in, in the week as well. I'm interested to get your thoughts. As we said, this is, um, you know, your opportunity uh -huh. to get your thoughts uh, into the show um, across social media. I just want to uh, move this into something you, you said there about the, the government. We talked about the government quite a lot in terms of the current social and economic situation and a, a lack of leadership. W would you would you put this at their door? What happened at the weekend? What happened in the week? The whole argument. W w where is Boris Johnson with a public address? Where is the government coming out and saying, look, this this is what we need to do or this is the approach that we're taking with this? There, there seems to be they seem very quiet. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's quite interesting. I mean, on the on the live stream last week, you know, the thing that I'm still I'm still totally baffled over, actually, is is how is it that, uh, you know, a renegade cop or whatever you want to call him uh, that, you know, they basically committed murder on camera. Uh, what the hell has that got to do with us? It wasn't our police or our society that created that. Um, and it, it's just, but the thing, the thing that's interesting is 
one of the things I like to do is uh, I have I have enormous respect for Sky News Australia. Uh, I love you know, the Australians are probably closer to me as a personality, you know, sort of you know, say it as it is, mate, you know, um, you know, strong opinions, no messing around, no dressing it up. Uh, I love watching Sky News Australia and, um, you know, they, it, it, obviously, you know, proportionate to the population, they they have had uh, very similar issues themselves with people, you know, hundreds of thousands of people congregating in Australian uh, Australian uh, towns and cities um, in a similar way that we've had with our own. So um, I think we need to be balanced and say the start of the problem is an international problem, right? Mm. Um, and then, of course, you've got an international problem and then you've got uh, how to deal with it. Uh, and I think what uh, what's going on is we talked about, I guess, again, we talked about this earlier, and I'm always going on about Margaret Thatcher's thing about driving down the middle of the road and you hit cars going both ways. So I think what has happened increasingly in politics, um, you know, arguably since um, Thatcher, I mean, I suppose you could argue that Tony Blair um, occasionally said what he really thought, um, but you've, you've really got sort of consensus government, as I would call it, uh, consensus, consensus government, um, no real leadership, no, what is this, you know, what does this uh, government really believe in? You know, and, and it saddens me to say this as a, you know, as probably one of the most passionate free market economy people you'd ever find in myself. But, you know, if you go even economically, this this Tory government has, has carried out a number of measures already, taxation-wise and business-wise, which are anti-business in my opinion they don't understand business i think the desire i mean you know in the same way you know we can be very i think sometimes you can make very simplistic but true observations so uh the government strategy was monotracked around avoiding saturation of the nhs and i think that their general policy is to not to upset any of the new northern voters they got in the last election so what they're actually trying to do is they're doing the, the opposite of what I'm saying Thatcher said. So they actually they are deliberately driving down the middle of the road. And, and, and they instead of instead of taking the analogy that they are then going to hit cars coming both ways, they think that there'll be enough people if they drive down the middle of the road, there'll be enough people um, close to the middle of the road that will sit there and go, yeah, that's the car for me. Mm. Uh, and of course, you know, what happens when you have no leadership or no direction is people you know like the extremists as i say they they can flourish because they've got nothing uh, they've got no opposition and and therefore what's what's i mean i mean I'm not, i don't know why i'm laughing i mean if you turn around even if i turn around to my grandfather for instance and i said do you know what do you know what granddad in my lifetime there will be thousands of people breaking the law in the first place because we're supposed to be socially distancing, right? Amassing and the police, th these are the several things the police do. Firstly, the police who are supposed to be protecting the public take the knee, right? What the frick is that all about, you know? And then several of them run away. Fact, they run away. Um, you know, 
and 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 then of course you know that what what's totally staggering is you know I talked about this last week where you had that terrible image of that poor uh, police horse having its face broken in effectively by a brick, uh, leading to the poor old police lady being thrown onto the ground and very badly uh, injured. You know, in a I'm not, I'm not sure how seriously, but pretty seriously. Um, and of course, the BBC provenly uh, misreported that, and and for instance, uh, deliberately edited the picture of the scene. Uh, and the media has been consistently saying things like um, peaceful protest. Um, and now what happens is, is anyone that anyone that actually defends the statues has become a right wing right wing extremist. Yeah. And everyone that wants to burn them down is actually the sensible one. Well, it, well, it, and I think the <clears throat> the story that really got me, which really sums it up, is uh, is a statue of Baden Powell in Poole, in Dorset. Uh, and I have to say, fair play to these these lads. Um, the Boy Scout movement. I'm not quite. Sure, I don't know all the details of this, but the Boy Scout movement organised uh, a load of Boy Scouts to defend, to, to basically to patrol Baden Powell's statue. And and it, you sit there and you think it comes to something, doesn't it? When a group of young boys basically are the only thing stopping the mob from what is effectively uh, an assault. Uh, and the police themselves, and I read this, this is a true story, not one person has been charged with any offence in any of the uh, riots and protests. Not one person. Hmm. It's it. I, I was listening to a radio station on Saturday afternoon and the caller called up and he, and he said, look, we, he, he read out the facts of the law and he said the statue in Bristol he said you, you can't just go down round and take down um, statues and, and actually the LBC presenter at the time just said um, I believe that you, you could in this instance that statue is you know about slavery and this and, and, and sometimes you have to overthrow democracy and you have to do these things and the, and the guy uh, the caller it was so interesting he said so, so let just let me just repeat that you're saying what you do is you go away from democracy you take the law into your own hands and you do this and, and shockingly the, the the guy presenting the show just said yeah i agree with it in this in this context i ended up switching that station off because it was so left wing on saturday afternoon it it was unbelievable and you you do want a, a sort of balanced discussion like we we would welcome here a balanced discussion on all these things i just wanted to mention something to you paul i think something that i've i've read a lot recently is uh, you mentioned the police then, and I think there's probably a, and a lot of police officers are very, very scared in this country, I'm sure, of being caught on camera doing absolutely okay. anything, which is why they're running away from this situation. I think it's why the government are running away as well. Um, but the snowflake generation, the term snowflake generation, it's in the Collins English Dictionary, um, and it mm -hmm. describes the young adults of the 2010s onwards um, being less resilient and more prone to taking offence than any other previous generation. And I think that's something at the moment that's quite prevalent, this idea of a snowflake generation where absolutely everything is is taken offence to. I, I had a conversation at the weekend with somebody and I said just jokingly that perhaps we should have a Bugsy Malone moment on Saturday <laughs> and someone would hit the notes on the piano and all of a sudden everybody, if you've seen Bugsy Malone, if you haven't, by the way, do watch it. What a great film. Mm -hmm. And they all come together at the end and they dream of being anything that they could want it to be. And they all shake hands of bad guys and the good guys. Uh, and somebody said to me, and they weren't, they weren't being uh, offensive or defensive or anything like that, but they just said, yeah, but that, that probably wouldn't be allowed because 
in Bugsy Malone, there is a there is a there is a black person as the cleaner, and and that probably one of the things that would be taken away. We've all seen it this week with some of the ridiculous things that the 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 media are publishing, and I think it goes back to this idea of a snowflake generation. I think the we are now offended by everything. And I don't know, your thoughts on this will be interesting, Paul. We will end up having no TV to watch, no, nothing to consume and, and nothing to do because you, you won't want to put a foot out of line anywhere. Yeah, so it's a very difficult one because um, effectively what's happened, and, it, and I, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen one person who actually uh, has stood up. I mean, Nigel Farage actually... Uh, obviously made comments uh, that would be similar to our own uh, and paid for it by being sacked by LBC. It's quite staggered me when you consider the presenters they have, you know, people like Julia Hartley Brewer, who I uh, have immense respect for, for instance. Um, so I think, you know, what, what's what's happening in the mainstream media, as I was going to call it populist, but of course, I found myself when I when I thought of that word, uh, the fact is, is what's what's so ironic is I suspect... I don't know, 70% probably, probably at least 70% of people in the UK would strongly, violently probably disagree with the fact that Winston Churchill's statue should be in any way taken away, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, And the point, you know, I made in the group meeting this morning is the, the mainstream people like us have been disenfranchised. And actually what's happening is you now have the Kay Burleys of this world just Sophie Ridges, you know, um, just running around, uh, basically saying what they think uh, people want to hear. But when when I say people, they mean what we mean is we mean the extreme left, mm. woke, politically correct element that we're talking about. Um, and I think and I think what's what's actually happened is that now. Uh, you're right. I think it's it's almost become impossible for anyone to challenge that opinion. Hmm. And if you in any way say, you know, on national TV or anything that you know you're, you you in any way challenge it, you are you are considered to be um, anti-democratic, extreme, a right winger, uh, a racist, or whatever. You know. Yeah, I, I agree. And obviously, I, I hope not. We've got many people that watch and listen to this. But there, there were certain people that would listen to us even now, probably say, well, they're they're they're, um, they're right wing extremists because they're talking about the fact that there's a snowflake generation and that, that the statues should stay. And we, we try and be, bring a balanced argument in here. We want you to continue the discussion. Please, in the comments, um, let us know what you think. If you're listening on the podcast, as I said, you can email us podcast at aspen-weight.co.uk and we will continue uh, to have uh, this conversation. I know, Paul, that we could talk uh, uh, very passionately and for a long time about um, the issue of history, um, of the statues and certainly the, uh, the, the current state of as we said, that snowflake generation maybe and the, the conflict and, and even, as you said, something perhaps slightly different that we'd imagine in our heads, but a type of civil war, which you could argue we, we've already gone into um, with the last yeah. couple of weekends and the actions uh, in the capital. I want to just move it on to the legacy of, um, of, of, of COVID because today marked a day where you could go back to many uh, many shops and the government now um you said this for a long time they 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 put fear into everybody to stay at home uh, and now they've 
it's like they've, they've realized they've they've messed up because now they are just encouraging everybody to go out to shops and suddenly they're saying it's as safe as anything you've got to get out there you've got to shop you've got to spend money to save the uh, the economy so it's a it's going to be really interesting to see uh, just what the legacy of covid will be economically oh right i wonder, I wonder where you're going to go with that i think there's 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 two things um my personal opinion you know which is which is um probably not again populist is um and, and it'll also one of the things that's interesting um, is the very people who, uh, for instance, criticised Dominic Cummins um, for for breaking the law about social distancing have applauded the thousands of people who broke the law uh, and didn't socially distance and thereby, you know, threatened each other and the police force and the support services. Uh, and I think. If I had to have a bet on this, you know, I'm never afraid to offer an opinion. I think that, and, and, and of course, no one has a vested interest in reporting this, so the media will never do a considered piece on this. If you believe all the fear, you know, all the fear, you, you see, think about, you know, the, 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 the National Teachers Union, you know, who are basically spreading this, this whole fear thing, then by rights, uh, a lot of people will die as a result of going to those protests. Mm. Yeah. However, I don't believe they will because I don't believe there is any scientific evidence to support that lockdown works anyway. Um, and, you know, obviously, because because uh, I take my duty on this show very seriously to make sure that what I say is true. It's not in any way me being biased or saying things if you a considered study of the rest of the world's um, COVID crisis, you know, and if particularly look at places like Japan, Singapore, Sweden, etc. I mean, Japan's Japan didn't lock down. Uh, Japan's infection rate is something ridiculous. Like, I don't know, is it seven to ten times less than ours per mm. per head of population? You know, um, so I think personally that. Uh, and I would I would have quite a large bet on this. I think if we were to roll on a year and look back, I think it will be proven, actually, that comparatively few people actually died purely because of coronavirus. And I think, you know, if you look at um, this is the difference, isn't it, between people who want the facts and people who exaggerate the facts. So, um, you know, I've read several articles to suggest that probably more than 50 percent of the people with coronavirus down on a death certificate, it's it's by no they they almost certainly didn't die of coronavirus. You know they had other conditions and they may have had coronavirus and the doctors just put coronavirus down. You know, um, so you know I, I I think that it's very likely that it will go down. Also, as a very serious you know it was a, a serious moment in the world's history, but nowhere near as serious as uh you know all the scaremongering you know ferguson's half a million deaths in the uk two million in the us he said um you know we're not gonna we're not gonna it's gonna be more like 10 percent of that and even then it's is open to debate so um and then of course you know going back to the point you really wanted me to talk about which was the economy so the economy has now lost all of the growth that we got in the last 18 years Mm. In, in two months. I mean, that is, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know really if, 
it's all people, you know, you say that and people seem to go, oh, you know. I mean, it, it is it, it's a devastating statistic, you know. And then you 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 you, you get Boris, for instance, saying, um, you know, we're going to bounce back and whatever. Well, you know, if you if you if you were to look at this scientifically, you know, we had a bit of a internal debate about this this morning, shall we say? It wasn't entirely, con- you know, non-contentious. You know, the way I tend to think, you know, as someone who feels I have to have an opinion, is I look at the facts. So I look at what is the actual. Uh, economic growth in the last three months. You know, those are a fact, right? Mm. So if I was to make an assumption, for instance, that May clearly is going to be another bad month, right? Uh, mm. June June will not be as bad as May. Uh, July will be um, a lot better than April. Um, and if you then made an assumption, for instance, that the rest of the year, you know, I'm talking to the tax year now. So if you then said, for instance, August to March. Um, Nothing yeah, it was, it was zero, you know, and I think that's quite optimistic, right? If you said that we had zero growth from August to March, and then you added in um, the negative economic growth, you know, it, it still comes up where they, uh, you know, which is why I wrote a piece which you saw yesterday where I said that economic growth for the year would be negative 6%. And I think, uh, to be honest, here, it could be 10, you know, we're talking mm. about 6 to 10% which is serious stuff. We're talking about, uh, I would say, almost certainly the highest level of unemployment in this country's history. You know, uh, when you consider, uh, you know, this is probably before your time to some extent, you know, the three-day working weeks of the of the 80s, um, all of the Thatcher years with Thatcher basically battling against the unions and, you know, I suppose to some extent at that time effectively defeating uh, you know that element. I mean, God, do we need do we need Thatcher now? I mean, if ever if ever a woman was needed, you know, uh, a woman who uh, was decisive. So I think you know uh, we're we're in a serious we're in serious serious shape. However, you know, I think uh, our colleague Perry uh, used uh, the phrase doom and gloom this morning, and I think I just, for instance, had a, a very heartwarming discussion with. Uh, one of my clients who's 87 uh, and he's been in business for 63 years he's an amazing character uh, he's got uh, I'm very very proud to act for him uh, not least because before me he went through about 15 firms of accountants in 27 years and I've acted for him now for 17 years in a row which uh, uh, says says a lot for me I suppose and also his view of me um, and uh, I said to George, I said, how's it all going, George? And he said, oh, and he's got this lovely new forest, beautiful new forest burr. You know, it's almost like you could think he could come from Somerset or something, you know. And he's saying, well, Paul, he talks like that, you know. And, um, you know, he's, he's so positive. This is an 87-year-old man that's been in business for 63 years. And he's talking about, you know, the fact that uh, he thinks we're going to be flying. And he's looking at all the opportunities. And where's the next, you know, where's the next big thing, you know? Hmm. You know, and, and, and the fact is that, um, you know, we've started, as you know, we've started to return to work. I had my first real big face-to-face meeting on Friday, which was a tremendous success with a, a company. It's a good barometer, I think, of sort of trading confidence, etc. So I think that what is surprising is, despite the devastation, I, mean, I guess you could argue to some extent that the... So if you actually look at the numbers, they are devastating. But the the causal effect 
or the impact on so who were to look at a normal situation if you were looking at a normal uh, recession for instance you know uh, and you were to look at the behavior of people during that recession and how it would affect their spending patterns uh, and their confidence etc um, it would be much worse than it is now why is that because to some extent the government has financed the loss isn't it if that yeah. makes sense yeah. yeah so the government's basically said hey all you people uh you can't afford to pay your thousands of pounds of wages so we'll pay them for you right and i think to some extent what happens next is people like us can make a huge difference through the positive way the positive and realistic and uh world real world wise way of um of, of proactively advising our clients but ultimately, there's nothing we can do about bad policy. So, you know, to some extent, what happens will depend on things like, uh, so, you know, what would I do if I was a chancellor? Reduce national insurance for employers, for instance. Um, you've got to, you've got to basically got to re re remove disincentives to employ. Um, I think that any attempt to raise taxes in the short to medium term would be self-defeating. So it'd be like it'd be like um, having a boxer that had just got beaten up and not letting him heal properly, and then making him have another fight. You know, uh, that was quite a good analogy, wasn't it? Yeah. So um, yeah, so I think you know, I think uh, it's going to be a long, a long old haul. Um, but if assuming that you know that if we took about you know the, the the more depressing things, you know, with the the sort of Marxist left-wing takeover, assuming that that is put in its place, uh, I do have tremendous confidence in Britain's resourcefulness to, to see us through. Hmm. It's interesting that it takes us to that point where I'm going to mention a word that we would have been used to in 2019 that perhaps we're not used to uh, right now because of everything else that has happened. But Brexit's an interesting one. And I, and I would like to get your views on how perhaps Brexit now becomes... Um, quite relevant to the economic situation. Yeah, that's an interesting way of putting it, isn't it? Quite relevant. I mean, you know, just again, just to show that even inside Aspen Weight and, you know, at a very high level, um, you know, one of our senior colleagues this morning uh, basically intimated, uh, uh, intimated, not said, that um, he considered that Brexit was effectively only, only going to make things worse, didn't he? Mm. You know, that was that was the implication of where he was coming from. Now, one of the things that we can report, uh, which has been, I'm supposed to some extent, quite surprising, um, is that uh, actually, for the most part, international businesses' reaction to Brexit has been amazingly pro-Britain. So there have been a whole string of huge international corporations either deciding to stay in Britain or actually move uh, their headquarters to Britain or to put more people into Britain than they had. Um, I think it's Unilever uh, have basically uh, decided that London is now going to be a bigger uh, a bigger centre than Amsterdam. It's an Anglo-Dutch company. Yeah. Uh, Nissan. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot of... Um, lot of really big uh, stories and of course um, because because uh, the BBC and Sky don't it doesn't suit their political agenda um, 
you have to be someone like me who reads every single line in Sunday Times, the Sunday Times business, to get the facts, you know, to look at actually what's going on. Um, so I, I think uh, what we, we, we criticise the government for indecisive leadership. I would say probably that isn't true of the Brexit discussions. May, I mean, may, maybe that they're steadfast position is more born out of incompetence uh, and, and, and an inability to do anything positive. So therefore, it creates a sort of a do nothing scenario, which seems to be quite effective, it seems to me. I mean, I I think it's quite funny, you know, you've got, um, I mean, I think, you know, you've, you've, you've got uh, people like Macron still getting extremely upset and uh, throwing all his toys out of the pram. Um, but I think, you know, I think it's it, it, it would be more reasonable to assume uh, that Europe itself is uh, on the on the brink of disintegration. And of course, you know, my view would be um, I still don't think that WTO will happen. Personally, I, think, I don't think I don't think that will happen. I think we'll leave with a deal uh, when it comes down to it, because that's what usually happens. But if we did leave on WTO terms, then I think that. Um, uh, if there's one country that would survive in the world on WTO terms, it will be us. Mm. It's good to hear that, you know, again, uh, that, that you know positive outlook. And it's not spinning a, a purely positive view for somebody else to come along and say, well, no, I'm going to have a negative view. It's, it's talking about, as you said there, like you said about the facts, you know, that based on the facts. Um, interestingly, I had a conversation just going off topic very slightly um, at the weekend with somebody about if you just read the, the the Sunday Times, for an example, and the business side of it, and the Sunday Times, the paper, on a Sunday to get your news, you would you'd probably be much better off uh, mentally uh, in your well-being yeah. and and probably factually as well. Uh, social media, we talked about the media, but social media is culpable for a lot of the things that have been uh, been going on. Even so much so that, and I'm happy to put this out there, we were having a discussion this morning about. Um, whether staying on Twitter was something that that represents the core values of our of our business and what we represent, because Twitter is a you know is a is a is a, is a vile place um, right yeah, now. Great. So it, it's it's very interesting. But you make some really good points there uh, um, about Brexit, and I'm sure that that conversation now that we are I don't want to say coming out I don't want to use that term Paul coming out of of lockdown but now that we're getting back to some form of normality um in terms of the things that we can do and the social side of life i think that brexit conversation will will come to the fore once more as as, as we go through the next um few months i guess we have to touch on the fact that the shops have opened today as a, a, a as another point um again the the restaurants and bars i think it's is it the fourth of july that they're allowed to open again so we're not too far off um how significant today is today, Paul, that with the shops being open again? I mean, I, I think what's um, <clears throat> probably the most remarkable thing about this debate is um, if, if you were if you were looking at a normal scenario and you said um, effectively most shops, you know, uh, uh, officially non-essential shops had been closed for several weeks. Um, in, it, in itself, I think the, the, trying to get your head around the fact why they were closed in the first place would probably do your head in. Yeah. And then you probably would think that if they were then reopened, that there would be a deluge. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think one of the things which has happened through lockdown, it's created a lockdown culture, isn't it? Which has mm. uh, changed 
people forever. And I've been reading again, you know, been reading a lot of stats about um, the impact on purchasing uh, and people's attitudes to uh, future purchasing and which people will go back in shops and which ones won't. Uh, if I had to make a prediction about today in terms of what how it will be reported by tomorrow, uh, I think that on the whole, the shops will say it was a fairly quiet day. Hmm. That, that would be that would be my view. Um, if I had a shop myself, this rightly or wrongly, what, what tends to happen with me is I get things in my head. You know, things come into my head like a number. Uh, you know, and, and actually, for whatever reason, quite often they're right. Um, and so, if I was doing a budget as a shop, I would probably sit there and think my trade would be half of what it was. Mm. Uh, and then I would be looking to see uh, what actually happened with experience, how things progressed over the days, um, whether attitudes were changing, how I could change those attitudes, how I could change my business to improve my turnover. Um, and then, of course, you've got, you know, the one of the things I'm actually quite concerned about is I, I'll be interested to see Let's have a chat about this, and it may, be, it may take two weeks. Uh, how many businesses will get reported by, let's say, scared shoppers because they didn't feel safe in the shop? You know, yeah. I, I, I think that's going to be inevitable. Um, I was going to, I, the, the, the slogan in my mind was the thought police. So I think, you know, we're, we're, as well as all the bad things we were talking about with the, the Wokies and the snowflakes and all this, you know, there's now a very real element of society where, you know, Mrs. Goggins and number 10 will put on Twitter that the the, the haystacks number 12 didn't clap, you know, didn't clap the NHS at eight, eight o'clock, you know, and, and they hadn't yeah. clapped them for a week or, um, you know, this, this particular shop had six people in it at one point and, you know, they were only 0.63 metres on average apart or something. You know, this, this. You know, you can smile, but it's the uh, it's the world so, we live in. You I, know, I got I got I got to tell you a fantastic story, Paul. It's a, it's a very short one, but I'm shopping around for presents for my niece and nephew as their birthdays are coming up. And there's a Smith's Toys chain which is in Reading, where near where I live, and they're not open. Obviously, they haven't been able to open until today, and this was last week. And you had to order. You have to order, and you go, and there's a big queue, ropes outside. But you go to the main shop, and then what they've done is very cleverly they open their sliding doors, and they put a counter there. You order online, and it tells you in an hour that it's ready to go and collect, and you go and pick it up. So I went there last Thursday, and I there was no queue. It was four in the afternoon, and I walked around all the ropes, and I went straight to the front, and I said, "Look, this is my order number. This is what I've ordered. Um, you know, have you got it?" And he, he got his gun out. He had a look, and he said, "Yep, yeah, it's here." So he gave it to me and I said, I actually forgot something on the order. Really important. I wondered if I could just get, I can see it. It's just, it's just there behind you. And he, and he said, no, I'm afraid, afraid I can't do that. So I said to him, I said, I said, have you been busy today? He said, no, absolutely dead. Really worrying this week. It's, um, it's been really, really dead. We had nobody here. And I said, well, could I just buy that then? It's, it's just behind you. He said, look, you have to order online. It has to come through on my gun here, um, my tool <laughs> system. And then, and then you can get it. I said, so you can't give it to me and I can't pay for it. No. So I then said, OK, fine, I'll order it online. You can see my, that I've ordered it and you can give it to me. He said, I'm afraid I can't do that. He said it takes at least an hour for it to get from the online <laughs> system to my gun. 
And I just, I walked away from that and I, and I really did it again, just trying to sort of balance this out. I thought, this is the world that we live in now. And he, he actually said to me, we're, we're dead. They're really worried. We've been so not busy this week. And you think of the economic situation we're in, but for that to happen is, if that would have been your business, Paul, I mean, you, you'd have gone, you, you'd never let that happen. I mean, that, that's just madness that they didn't want to take my money. It's, it's, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah, just slightly digressing. I'd be, uh, given the nature of the conversations today, I'd be quite interested in whether we've had any negative reaction to anything we've said. No, I, I don't think not so. You. No, I think we've 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 had a good reaction. People just commenting that they agree with uh, lots of the things that that we're saying. And, and, and as we said at the beginning, we're opening this up to you. Whether you're listening on the podcast or watching online, get your opinions in and and let us know if you don't agree. Some of the things that are being said, then we're happy to uh, we're happy to discuss them. It's, it's all about a balanced argument, the real discussion here, the real um, discussion on what's going on, and we'll continue to do it uh, every single um, Monday. I just got somebody. Eric has just said that's shocking. I, I assume that you mean about the story. I still can't <laughs> believe it. I still can't believe it. One thing um, we ought to talk about because I suspect you're going to hurry us over to the finishing line in a minute. Um, one of the things which um, I think is absolutely essential in terms of what will happen in the future is uh, a relaxation of the social social distancing um, uh, limit length of two meters. Um, it's generally considered, and again, you know, I've read a lot of analysis about this. Um, uh, there's a prediction that if 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 um, social distancing was kept at two meters, that something like 50% of all the restaurants in Birmingham and Manchester will go bust quite quickly. Um, and particularly um, Indian-style restaurants, um, it's it's almost essential to their whole business and economic model that they are at full capacity. I think it's two or three. I can't remember how many days it was a week. No more than three. Hmm. Um, and of course, um, if the government doesn't relax the two-meter dis- social distancing, then probably as a generalisation. Um, just just for the ease of today, you probably would be looking at um, no more than half of the maximum capacity in any you know in any outlets, whether it's a restaurant or a bar or whatever. Um, and so I think uh, so. Ergo, the uh, the conclusion is that unless the government reduces that two meters, uh, they they will there will uh, there will be even further massive economic damage um, and cost. And I suppose then the only remaining issue is what will it be reduced to? So um, you've obviously got, you know, one of the things I find amusing, you know, because you get all this rubbish about following the science. Mm. Well, the WHO, the World Health Organization's recommendation is one metre. Uh, the vast majority of the countries in the world, by a percentage, um, have one metre got a small number of countries, notably led by Germany, uh, that have one and a half metres. And I think we are only one of three countries that have two metres. And of course, you know, you read articles by uh, the more, uh, let's, let's, let's not be uh, upsetting and, and call them less confident people. Uh, so I've read this article many times that says that effectively, uh, if you were to halve the social distancing from two metres to one metre, it increases the risk by sixfold, I think it is. That's that's the, the number that's bandied around. 
But of course, that's very amusing, isn't it? You know, we get all this um, all this stuff in the media about uh, the potential tsunami of the second wave of infection, mm. when there is no evidence in any other country. Bearing in mind that for the most part we're behind. Uh, you know what what happened? Obviously, China was what three months ahead of us, perhaps perhaps more. Uh, there is absolutely no statistical or factual evidence to support uh, that there is a reasonable probability of a second wave of infections that would be concerning. And sorry, just just finish off. Uh, my considered economic opinion would be if we had a second lockdown, then that would be it. We might yeah. give up. We might as well. Yeah, I think you're right there, Paul. I think uh, many people. Uh, feel the same and, and and for what it's worth my opinion would be that that will never happen simply because the government know that they know that it's even if it goes above one as they say and uh, the r rate and it, it's it grows whatever happens i just don't feel the government could ever have a second lockdown because as you say i, I don't think we'd i don't think we'd recover uh, just on your point about uh, social distancing the two meter rule I, I still find it almost not laughable but it's probably the wrong thing to say but that we're even having the discussion in this country about a two meter rule because for me, how on earth can that still be in place when thousands upon thousands of people are marching in Brighton, Manchester, Newcastle, Birmingham, uh, London, certainly not two metres apart. Um, it, it is really just, again, shows the, the complete and utter lack of uh, leadership uh, in the country. And just to finish off uh, that small discussion, uh, amazingly, I just had an email pop up on my computer from Smith's Toys who said, we are open, come and see us. <laughs> so I can now go in and uh, at least buy what I wanted for my niece and nephew. We actually got to Zed last time, uh, last Monday. So I, 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 we, we can discuss this on the air. What was the plan for the music now? Are we going back round to way or are we choosing songs that we feel that, are, uh, you know, fit the time that, or day that we're in mm. uh, situation? Yeah, it, pr- it probably would help if I'd given given some thought to it, wouldn't it? That would being, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think so, on the spot if there's anything I can think. Well, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I don't think, you know, I, I want to be playing uh, anything other than something nice. So, um, I think we might go for America and Ventura Highway. Okay, Let's, we'll go for that. We'll get that onto the podcast. And if you're watching on the live stream, of course, you've got to go and find it yourself on on however you stream your music. What what um, what I would like to say is this week's uh, radio show, of course. Yes. Uh, which is breakfast show on uh, currently on Fridays at uh, nine o'clock. Um, we're on um, G this week, aren't we? Are we on F? Yeah, we're on G. Yeah, yeah we're on G, aren't we? Yeah, I think G. We did do F last week. <laughs> we're doing F tomorrow. I can't really remember. I honestly. Uh, yeah, I guess yeah, Drew might know. Drew's the producer oh, of the show. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm just lost now. So, anyway, um, no, I think, I think we're on F, aren't we? We're on F on on F this week. Um, so um, one of the things I can promise you is uh, uh, a really good, diverse selection of music, um, including even sort of classical and um, spiritual-ish. Um, and of course, one of the things we try to do is also, especially at the beginning and the end, play out with songs which are somehow relevant to our circumstance. Yeah. So if, you're, if, you're, if you're not listening to our show, bloody well get on and do it. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what we want you to do on Friday uh, at nine o'clock. We're on the air the whole time. You can just visit AspenWaitRadio.com and listen to us. Uh, we have a full launch of our station coming up as well. And that will be on Monday, the 6th of July. We'll tell you more about that on the Monday before, which if I'm 
right will be Monday the 29th of June. I think <laughs> that is the date uh, that you'll find about, out about more. Listen, get involved in the debate uh, on the podcast, online. Uh, let us know your thoughts. Uh, get in touch with us and open up the discussion. We'll be back again next Monday. Uh, Paul, once again, thank you ever so much for your time this afternoon. Thoroughly enjoyed thank that you, debate. Good we'll man. see you again. We'll see you again next time. Goodbye. Thank you. Chewing on a piece of grass, walking down the road. Tell me how long you gonna stay here, Joe. Some people say this town don't look good in snow. You don't care, I know. Venture a highway. Surround